Hi, my name is Amanda. I'm a traveling nurse and I'm making this podcast to share common issues in nursing, how we unwind and how we live our lives having this difficult job. A common issue we're all going through right now, I'm sure, and we're all feeling the fallout and the battlefield of COVID right now, whether you're a nurse in New York City or California or wherever there's a hot spot, and you're on the floor, you're burning your ends, you're going into your rooms having codes every couple of hours or minutes or so, and just having to make those difficult calls, it's been really hard. And then to the little guys in the small hospitals in rural communities being called off, questioning whether you're going to have a job after all this is done, because there's certainly been a lot of cutbacks, we're all experiencing something that healthcare hasn't gone through for a very long time. Um, the last major epidemic was uh, the Spanish flu I was reading, and they thought it was all done. They said, okay, everybody, let's have a parade, let's celebrate, and then there was the rebound effect. I would love to hear some people's opinions on this. You can find me on Facebook at Amanda Garnum. I'm a traveling nurse from New Hampshire. Um, <clears throat> just feel out what everybody's feeling. And I'm sure we would all love to trade places being that nurse who's in that busy hospital, hearing the code button called every five minutes, being the one to hit that button. Very, very, very tough time for those nurses in the in the more urban areas, excuse me. Then there's the rural nurses. As a traveling nurse, I'm in a rural hospital right now that has not seen any COVID cases, which is hard to believe. We've had rural out, sure. They've been negative. And we're all walking on eggshells waiting for it to come. But there's also the other aspect of all these jobs being furloughed and will it come to my turn as a traveler being called off. It's a really scary time in different aspects of the hospital, being a nurse, being a healthcare provider, whether you're in the kitchen, you're in upper management, a lot of upper management are now being furloughed, they're having to use earned time or go on unemployment and not having their job secured when they come back because the hospitals are losing millions, billions of dollars every day not having these people come in for elective surgeries, which, uh, you know, gives you that other aspect of these are elective so were they really ever needed? You got to think about that. So common issues with that. I would love to have a conversation with the, the floor nurse that's going through all these things in their head. Um, that would be very interesting to hear what's going on in our communities from the frontline runners. We're all soldiers in this. We're all waiting. Um, you know, we're waiting for it to be done. We're waiting for it to hit us. It's a very scary time walking on eggshells, going to work, not knowing what to expect. And then there's the other aspect of people staying home. You go to work, sure, you don't have any patients. You might have two on med surge, which is totally unheard of. And then you can't go to the grocery store after work anymore because there's that fear that somebody's going to look at you crooked. Like, why are you in your scrubs in the grocery store? I can't tell you the last time I went to a grocery store. I think I went to Sam's Club last week because they had this deal going on for nurses from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Sundays you can go into Sam's Club without a membership and shop as one of their own because they have what's called hero hours. So that's something that I recommend people do, stock up on whatever you need. Or if you have a big family and you just need large amounts of toothpaste, um, <laughs> God bless you if they're keeping up with oral care that much, you need to buy a 12-pack of toothpaste. But, <laughs> you know, that's something that's out there. And certainly a recognition that should have been warranted a long time ago, especially with the opioid epidemic that we had. 
I mean, has anybody heard about that? Have we talked about that at all? That has completely gone out the window. I can't remember the last time I saw a full ER in the hospitals I've been to. Um, Certainly, I've been in more urban areas with my travel contracts starting this fall. And there were times at the tail end of it, the uh, COVID was just starting to peak. And you would hear a respiratory code, which means something's going on, something's going down, which means it's something very severe because those respiratory therapists are already on that ICU in there, suctioning, doing this, that, and the other. Um, So anyways, you would hear these codes called every couple of minutes, and it was just constant. You'd hear it over, paged overhead in these large built in these large hospitals, excuse me. Um, Definitely something that we're not used to, for sure. Um. You know, and it's just, it's its a place none of us has ever been, will never be again, and we're riding out the storm together. How are people coping with it on the job? I mean, there was that whole issue there I, I overheard, overheard when I was looking at my Facebook. <laughs> I can see the music. No. Um, <laughs> uh, that they were outraged that these nurses were making these dances on TikTok when somebody was extubated. They say, oh, these nurses have time to do that. Honestly, I would sing and dance while I was doing rounds with my buddy. Like we would go around and we just <laughs> to a morning. All right, you peed. We we gotta change you right now. And, you know, we would just do our thing. And now broadcasting it that we're being on this front line and being okay and moving forward, we're being criticized. Oh, these nurses aren't doing anything. They're not heroes. All right, dude. What do you do? What do you do? You work at a gas station? Like, honestly, what do you do? You do something that you could do from home right now. You're criticizing me for spreading joy that we're okay on the front line, letting people know that patients are getting better from this and celebrating it. And you're criticizing me and other nurses for broadcasting it and dancing on the job. Sorry, dude, that you don't have a job that you can celebrate getting that account finalized where you have to look at this whole thing going on and say, these nurses, they're not heroes. They're dancing on the job. Okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) who died and made you president. Okay, let's talk about that, by the way. Not trying to get political, but okay, are nurses really stealing masks? (laughs) I mean, are we throwing our coworkers under the bus and stealing the only protective equipment our hospitals have? And by the way, there are hospitals that are giving nurses N95s before they even have code patients and saying, make it last because it's the only one you're going to get. No joke. No joke. I haven't been to any of those facilities, but I know they are out there. And I know that's the, at least they have a mask. Sure, that's a silver lining in that. But I mean, what good is it if you're wearing it every day and you have no, you you have no pattern to switch it out every four days after it's been in a sealed container and killed everything off? What are you doing? You're not doing anything. Let's just go to the bandana. Let's go to the cloth mask. You know, there's a lot of good that's come out of all this is that people's, Humanity has completely shown through in those good people that aren't criticizing nurses for dancing on the floors. I read one story where a surgeon's wife, you know, the blue protective cloth type material that comes around all surgical kits they throw out. She is getting it from her husband, who's a surgeon, and she's making the mask out of that. There we go. Similar material. We're using the resources we have 
to make equipment for ourselves. We have companies that used to make vodka, making hand sanitizer. We have companies that would make your kids lacrosse masks, making face shields for these people going in to take care of our loved ones. And there's a lot of good things going on. There's a lot of bad things going on. Our economy, I, I mean... I really honestly hope that the small town breweries make it through this. I hope all the small businesses can pull through for this. It's not going to happen. There's been people without work. This place is completely shut down. I've seen some places with plywood up on the windows that they're closed because they just can't afford to stay open. My question is, why didn't we ever have a plan in place when this would have happened? Because we have all the areas where people go and things like that, but we never had a plan in place to protect these people, whether that was on their own to make those plans or not. I mean, now we're pulling through for, excuse me, through for them, and we're having all these financial plans done by the government, small business, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Small business loans, uh, stimulus, those types of things come through. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that said they didn't need their stimulus. And I honestly... Let's donate it to the people that need it. The, the family that's living paycheck to paycheck is in a very bad place right now. I mean, they got the stimulus, but yeah, that doesn't count for next month's mortgage. That doesn't help pay groceries for next month. Because we all know this thing is not a one-month trial period. We know we're in it for the long haul, at least till June, July, as far as we know. And then there's still going to be a rebound because there's going to be scraps left over. There's going to be people that are immunocompromised that are going to get it again. It's going to it's gonna rebound no matter how you look at it. It'll be a very interesting um, time to observe how they integrate people back into society. I'll tell you what, the first place I really hope they open up, hairdressers, because there's a lot of people that need haircuts around here. Just saying. <laughs>